God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. And all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. On September 11th, 2001, Khalid led the call to morning prayer at his mosque in Yemen. Then, watching TV at a local cafe, he saw horrific images of destruction in New York. The cheers of fellow Muslims sickened him. Quote, I was really upset and sad. 3,000 people were killed. I thought, what kind of religion is this? End quote. Khalid's journey to Christ began where his faith in Islam ended. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that Khalid turned from hatred toward your love. Thank you for brothers and sisters like Khalid throughout the Middle East. I pray many other Muslims will place their trust in you. Amen. Blessed greetings, friend, and welcome to another edition of Prisoners of War here on the WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast, where we stand for God's truth, not man's traditions, and we bring you straight Bible truth for these last days. The WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast is a global outreach ministry of Sacrificial Lamb Ministries. We are outreach driven. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023. On this day, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who, for some reason, were not around 22 years ago on this day. On this day, 22 years ago, as I just read Khalid's story, 3,000 people lost their lives during the Twin Tower attacks in New York City. We all know it as 9-11. On 9-11, 2001, 3,000 people lost their lives. What a horrific day. A day that those of us who were old enough to have been around 22 years ago to know what was going on in the world, 
It is a day that we will never forget. And the conversations are still going on. What were you doing on that day? Where were you on that day? Well, I know for me, I remember it as if it was yesterday. I remember I had just gotten off work from working the overnight shift. And by the way, I grew up in that area, not in New York City, but in that general area is where I grew up. Was born and raised in that general area. But I remember getting off work from an overnight shift that morning. I remember going home because at that time I was in school. And um, so I got off that morning, went home and showered really quick, you know, freshened up and got back on the road on my way to school. And I remember, you know, having the radio on, I'm driving and the announcement comes across the airwaves about the attacks. And um, like many people, like many of us were like, what? What's going on? I don't believe it. What's happening? So as I continue to drive, as things continue to unfold, as the event continued to unfold, I was just in shock. And that day changed the course of our world history. Yes, the history of the United States, but the history of the world was changed in a, in a matter of hours or in a very short period of time. At that time also, I was serving in the Army Reserve, the United States Army Reserve. So I remember us being on call, you know, being put on call like many other folks in the military, just in case. But not to go any further into that event or what was going on in my personal life during that event. But September 11th, 2001, we remember those who lost their lives in those attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City, changing the course of history forever. And the story of Khalid is just one story of, I'm assuming, many who have turned away from Islam or what many know about Islam to Christianity. Now, I've been sharing with you over the past several weeks about a book that I'm reading. It's called Reaching Your Muslim Neighbor with the Gospel. And um, since last week, I'll admit I have not read any more from the book, but by God's grace between now and next week when we come together, I will share some more from the book with you. Uh, the chapter that I will be reading from next is called, Is Islam Really the Fastest Growing Religion in the World? So by God's grace, I will share some with you next week from that particular chapter. But let's move forward with today's program, with today's episode. If you're new to this program, I welcome you. If you are a frequent listener, Thank you for joining me again. As we always do, we lift up our persecuted brethren around the world in prayer, praying for God's strength, God's uh, covering as they leave their dominant religion, 
in their countries to follow Christ. Just like uh, Khalid left Islam uh, 22 years ago, many others since then have left their respective religion in their respective country and turned to Christ, to follow Christ. Today, we're going to look at the country of Iran or Iran, as it's as it should be pronounced, Iran, but many of us say Iran, either one. We're going to look at the country of Iran today. I think it's safe to say that all of us have heard of the country of Iran. If you are around my age or older, or even if you're not, the country of Iran, as well as uh, Iraq, still play a major role in our world today. But I digress. We're going to take a look at the country of Iran today. And I want to let you know, as always, that the information I'm about to share with you comes from an organization called The Voice of the Martyrs. The Voice of the Martyrs. Here's some information on the country of Iran. It is designated as a restricted country. And before I move on, I want to define for you what it means to be a restricted country. Since I've been sharing these different countries over the course of numerous weeks, I've been telling you in the beginning whether it's hostile or hostile or restricted. So Iran happens to be a restricted country. So what does that mean? It says, and, and again, this is from Voice of the Martyrs. This is a definition of restricted. It says, this includes countries where government-sanctioned circumstances or anti-Christian laws lead to Christians being harassed, imprisoned, killed, or deprived of possessions or liberties because of their witness. Also included are countries where government policy or practice prevents Christians from obtaining Bibles or other Christian literature. In addition to government persecution, Christians may also experience uh, persecution from family, community members, and or extremist groups. So that is the case with Iran. It's considered restricted. And I just defined for you what it means for a country to be restricted. Oh, and before I move on, I want to also remind you that for the month of September, our theme is praying for the persecutors. So not only do we want to pray for those who are persecuted, we want to also keep their persecutors in prayer as well, that the Holy Spirit will change their hearts and turn them away from a life of, of uh, persecution um, of Christians and harming Christians in numerous ways. We can look at the, uh, the account of Saul, who persecuted Christians. We know the story of Saul in the Bible before he became Paul. So I guess, not guess, I know we could say that probably the first known uh, persecutor of Christians in the Bible was well, at that time, he was Saul before he became Paul. So persecution of Christians still goes on today, friends. So let's go ahead and get into Iran. Again, I said it's a restricted country, an overview. The Islamic Revolution of 1979, okay, I remember that. I was a, 
I was, I was just a youngster in 1979. The Islamic Revolution of 1979, 1979, led by Ayatollah Khomeini, created the world's only Shiite Islamic theocracy and profoundly changed every aspect of life in Iran. Today, many of those who committed their lives to Islam and Islamic rule are filled with despair. This disillusionment, this, uh, disillusionment has opened new doors for the gospel, which is sweeping across the nation via Christian media and bold evangelists in Iran's growing house church movements. However, the government continues its attempts to thwart this move of God. Christian leaders and pastors are often arrested, tortured, and imprisoned, and their families are harassed. Some, left with no other options, choose to flee the country. What are the major religions in Iran? More than 97% of Iranians are identified by the government as Muslims, but a significant segment of the population has abandoned Islam, and many have come to faith in Christ. Who is the persecutor? Christians are persecuted by government authorities, which have a network of informants in each city. Family, friends, and community members also persecute Christians, especially when news of a conversion becomes public. What does it mean to follow Christ in Iran? The Iranian government is among the most oppressive regimes in the world. It is illegal to leave Islam, and Christians face the constant threat of imprisonment and being falsely charged with acting against national security for owning Bibles or even talking about Christ. Christians are routinely fired from their jobs, and it is difficult for a known believer to find a job or rent a home. Many Christians gather in convert fellowships and receive teaching from Christian media smuggled into the country and through broadcast media. Several Christians are currently imprisoned and many others are under house arrest awaiting sentencing. And that's a little view snapshot of Iran. Friend, as I say, uh, just about every week, there's a common thread um, throughout these uh, different countries that we look at. There is, of course, the harassment by the government, um, you know, torture, persecution, death. All those are common. But one thing always stands out with me, as I'm sure it probably stands out with you too, family, friends, and community members also persecute Christians. So, as I've said before, you're trying to follow Christ. You know you can't follow Christ openly because of, you know, the persecution and harassment, the non-support of the government, and so forth. But your own friends and family, you can't trust anyone. If you choose to stand on the side of Christ in, in many of these countries, if not all of these countries, just understand that you cannot even trust your friends and family. If you try to convert from whatever the religion of the land is to Christianity, best believe you're going to face persecution from not only the government, you know, the, you know, the law of the land, but from your own family, your own friends. 
friends, I invite you to read Matthew chapter 24, because even Jesus tells the disciples in Matthew 24 what the end of the age will look like. He parallels the destruction of Jerusalem with his second coming. And if you're familiar with the story of Matthew, in I mean, in Matthew 24, we know that the disciples were thinking that the um, the end of the age and Jesus' second coming, or I'm sorry, between the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the age leading to Jesus' second coming, they thought that they were going to happen simultaneously, but Jesus was speaking of those um, those two events, you know, one was paralleling one, you know, the other. He was paralleling the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of the age leading to his second coming. And if you read through Matthew 24, it breaks down what's going what's to happen to those of us who choose to stand for Christ. How we're going to be hated by everyone, our friends, our family, Folks are going to turn on us. Please just read Matthew chapter 24 and, uh, you know, a, a parallel what Jesus is saying in Matthew 24 with current events and how current events are unfolding before our eyes every day. But just like I said before in the beginning of this episode, that not only should we pray for those who are currently being persecuted, we should also pray for their persecutors. Let us have a word of prayer. Loving Father, thank you so much that we can come together once again for another edition of Prisoners of War. Father, we know that if we choose to stand for you, to stand on your side, we are all likely to become prisoners of war. This spiritual war going on between you and Satan, which has been going on for a very long time. And we know that Satan is working through many agencies in the world, in the land. Many agencies that he is working through to stop the work that you have called each and every one of us to do. Help us to prepare to be ready for the days ahead. We know that we are living in the last days. We hear it every day, but many of us are not prepared for what is yet to come. Help each and every one of us to study your word, to seek your Holy Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit so we can understand what your word says about these last days and how we need to be ready and how we need to stay ready. We also want to lift up the persecutors as well. Lord, we know what you did for then Saul, and you turned his life around to where he became Paul. He was no longer uh, persecuting, uh, persecuting your people. And we pray the same for the persecutors of our day. We pray that you will change their hearts, that you will turn their hearts around, change them from the inside out so they are no longer persecuting Christians as they are right now. Father, we thank you so much for the boldness that you have um, instilled in each brother and sister and other parts of the world. 
who have chosen to stand for you, facing persecution, imprisonment, death, harassment by the government, their families, friends. Father, it's like they have no one else to turn to. They can only depend on you. They can only trust you. May their witness continue to inspire us. May their boldness inspire us here in the United States to stand for you as well. Thank you so much for what you're doing for each and every one of us. Those of us who have chosen to stand for you, no matter what it costs us, even if it means losing our lives, we'll know, we'll know that it was not in vain. Thank you once again for what you're doing, what you have done, and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, thank you once again for joining me for Prisoners of War here on the WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast. Every time we come together, every week, I'm always blessed. It's always a blessing for me to research this material to share with you, and I'm just so excited every time to study this material and to be able to share it with you, and I hope that you receive a blessing every time you listen as well. It is not me speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking through me to share this information. I don't take any credit. Uh, This is all God. This is all his Holy Spirit speaking through me, leading me to, you know, share the material and and, uh, share it with you. So I pray that you will share this episode and other episodes of uh, Prisoners of War with others, that you will tell others about this program, about this podcast, so that they can receive a blessing as well. We are blessed to be a blessing. We're not supposed to keep it to ourselves. We're not, to, we're not supposed to hide it under a bushel. We're supposed to share it with others so that, could, so that they can receive the blessing that we received. So, so friend, thank you once again for joining me here for uh, Prisoners of War on the WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast, where we stand for God's truth, not man's traditions, and we bring you straight Bible truth for these last days. The WSLM Radio Ministry Podcast is a global outreach ministry of Sacrificial Lamb Ministries. We are outreach-driven. I am your host, Pastor Vince Wilson. Until we meet next week, by God's grace, same time, Monday evening, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Be blessed, have a great week, and may the Lord be with you.